With the rise of Colin Cumberbunch and his military state in Scarlet Spires, many factions throughout the city have increased their efforts to either protect the citizens from the heightened danger or are seizing an opportunity to prey on the vulnerable. A point of interest at this time is the Cavity of Lazuli, a cavern ripping through a canyon wall on the outskirts of Scarlet Spires. It is home to a sacred religious temple that was heavily guarded until recent troop redeployment. Due to its unique resources and pools of magic, it is now a point of interest in regards to the future stability or ruin of Scarlet Spires. Hey, and what's up? Welcome to Questopedia, a character and world building podcast. And if we'd known Cullen Cumberbunch was going to be the big bad, we maybe would have given him a less dorky name. I'm Brian Perry. <laughs> I'm Houston Bodley. And I am Jake Bush. Uh, just as you were reading that, I thought, wow, Colin Cumberbunch. That's not what you'd normally name a villain. <laughs> nope. Uh, we could use this time to... He can rebrand himself at this point. Maybe he's Colin Cumberbunch. Oh, he Cumbersome. needs like a spooky villain name now. Yeah. Maybe, he, maybe he's just uh, the cumbering one. I don't know. Oh, the encumbrance. The encumbrance. <laughs> the encumbrance. That's so good. <laughs> I am the leader of the Senate. The encumbrance. <laughs> I am the Senate. Or the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was trying to come up with something, and mine was going to be a lot, like, more more dorky. I was like, all right, he could rebrand himself as Callan Camberbanch or something. <laughs> he did have a deep southern drawl. Um, no, I... Um, again, I didn't fully intend Colin Cumberbunch to last past one episode. It was kind of yeah. spur of the moment I decided to make him a heel, because why not? It would make it more fun with the debates. But here we are. He's the big bad. Here we are. Yeah, that's the fun. That's what's fun about this podcast. We like making characters, and then we like using them to shape the world. And that's, yeah. that's the whole thing. So kind of like a character so good times and world building with the encumbrance. I can't even think what encum encumbrance is like things being heavy. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like like when you're playing, uh, you know, Skyrim and you're over encumbered or whatever, you can't walk. You, I don't think he calls himself the encumbrance. I think other people call him the encumbrance. Yeah, he is. He, he is a burden or impediment. Callan Gamberbanch. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Colin Cumberbunch. Do not mock my accent, please. Uh, but yeah, people call him the encumbrance. <laughs> oh, you betcha. My name's Colin Cumberbunch. Yeah, well, here. he he rebranded re from Southern to Minnesotan, and so he went from <laughs> Colin Cumberbunch to uh, Callan Camberbanch. I am the encumbrance. <laughs> not that, not that they either of those accents are good in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> but those are the only uh, two want... accents I can hold over a long period of time if I'm mm, doing yeah. a character voice. Is uh, cartoonish I'm... Southern and cartoonish Minnesotan. Exactly. I can do bad. I, I can do what Americans think is good British accent and what British people would think is horrible <laughs> British accent. Yeah. Oh man. Well, we've got a lot we've got a lot ahead of us in this episode. Maybe we should jump jump right into the world building. We sure should. Um so the world building prompt is gonna be a little more elaborate this time, guys. Uh, I thought it would be fun to get into the history of this world. We do a lot of what is the current culture? What are certain technologies, uh, social norms of the time? I thought it would be fun to get into the legends or the myths of this world. And so this world building prompt is actually going to start off with we are going to each introduce a historical and by historical, they may or may not be real in this world. They could just be. Well, they're not real. Oh, you spare you spare you clarified. Yeah. Um, <laughs> None of they are definitely not real clarify. in our world, but they may not even be real in this. It may just be a mythological story that was created to explain something away. Um, but yeah, so we're before this episode started, what we did is I designated uh, three sections. Uh, one is magic or knowledge, some sort of uh, enlightened understanding. The other area is economy or uh, politics, something in that aspect of the world. And then the third was religious or uh, religious. So a deity, a religious figure, something of that sort. So Jake, you took the religious aspect. 
-hmm. Brian, you took the magic or knowledge base aspect and I took the economy politician route. Um, And so what we're going to do is each introduce a mythological figure or historical figure tied to each of those. Um, And then we'll go from there because it will then tie into our prompt a little bit, just a little loosely, but uh, tie into our characters for our prompts a little bit. Uh, who wants to go first, actually? I feel like I should go first because I am Alpha and Omega. <laughs> <laughs> so you should also go are last. You, are you about to introduce to us the character of God? <laughs> <laughs> sort of, yeah. I mean, depend, cool. depending on your uh, in-world religious affiliation. But um, So my character is a deity, an almighty deity. He is the creator of uh, Shivalo. And he created all the moons in the firmament. Okay. Uh, he is known by his followers as the Moon Man. And uh, he... Not the man in the moon. The Moon no, no, Man. No, no. That's, a, that's, a, like, that's actually blasphemous turf for him as... the man in the moon. <laughs> no, he's... Um, you know my favorite James Bond movie? <laughs> Moonmaker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, go on. So... No, it's actually extremely blasphemous to refer to him as the man in the moon because he's not the man in the moon. He created the moons. He made the moons. He is above all. Got it. Um, and so he also did this through the power of music. Oh. And okay. his followers have like a collection. Um, some might refer to it as a hymnal. Uh, they themselves refer to it as a discography um, of <laughs> sacred jams. And the people who follow... Um, moon man no one really knows exactly like where the movement began and it's not necessarily like they don't have like an organized religion with like hierarchy and leaderships and stuff it's more just like if you have faith in the moon man then you listen to the sacred tunes and you learn the sacred tunes you play them and you share them with other people okay and so nice we here in uh in our world, the real world of planet earth. Um, well, I guess it's also real outside of planet earth, but you know what I mean? Um, (laughs) you're saying the fictionalized version (laughs) of the real planet earth. No, I'm saying like to us, to us here in reality, we would, Ah, we would think of, uh, this music as kind of like funky and (laughs) groovy. It's kind of funky rock and roll groovy music. Right. And the, uh, the people who, follow the moon man um they are typically young and they're kind of like from the streets and scarlet spires um because this is kind of just like a movement that is spreading among those who like to dance who like to play music who like to listen to music and they sing these stories of the moon man and how one day he will return to shivalo um to uh, greet everyone and and share his his funky, funky music with the people. Um, but he is not returning as of now because the like going belief is that people aren't ready for him, right? And so they have taken it upon themselves to proselyte among all of the people um, by spreading his music and his tunes far and wide. They refer to themselves as the Moon Kids or the Children of Moon Men. Or Moon Man, sorry. Okay. The Children of Moon Man. Nice. Uh, that is the most culty thing I've ever heard, but I love it. Yeah, I was yeah. going to call them the Moonies, and then I realized that was taken. <laughs> that is, I, I think we actually had that come up in our original world building episodes, and we were like, I think that is something. So. Yeah, the Moonies is an actual cult is that is a group of really Korean dangerous. Christians. Yeah, well, they're, yeah. they're like, I don't know. It's like tied into Christianity, I think, but it's just a cult essentially, and they like yeah. own the Washington Post or something like that. I can't remember. It's really weird. <laughs> Interesting. And that's Moon well, Man. Okay, so the children of Moon Man. Oh, and I do have to mention that they, all of the people that follow Moon Man, they kind of have like identified themselves by dressing really like flamboyantly. And they have all kind of taken on an assumed style of speech. And it's kind of like this. And they walk around and they share their funky, funky jams and tunes with the people. Oh, so they're all like, Beatles. No. Moony Beatles. Mm, uh, you're getting closer, but no. I did we'll, have we'll, a character. We'll, you'll, yeah. Are they the monkeys? No, no, no. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> just wait. The rolling learn. Just 
<laughs> just wait until you learn about uh, my character, who is a child of Moon Man, and it will all become ah, clear. Okay, great. Right. Um, I did have a character in last season called Dayman, um, fighter of the Nightman, and oh, that's right. And, and yes, it was based on the Charlie Day reference in Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but it does give some legitimacy to his naming convention. That it would align with, yeah. okay, there is a moon man that exists. Yeah. Um, so it does feel normal and almost kind of religiously symbolic to have a day man and night man. Out yeah. In the, world. the only problem with it that like the followers of moon man would point out is that day man is a false god. That's true. I know. I don't think he sees himself as a religious figure. He doesn't really, he's atheist right he's just like a vigilante he just sees just heard oh moon man that's cool i'm gonna be day man because that yeah. kind of feels majestic but he doesn't realize he's offending uh, uh the followers of this religion in comparison to moon man he is nothing yes <laughs> oh it. cool uh brian do you want to go next sure um so my uh, i was listening to our bonus episode when i got your prompt and so I, it'll be very heavily based on that, actually. Great. Um, my, my legendary figure's name is Scratch Chaotic. Um, Whoa. And she is, um, she's a podcaster. She's one of the first podcasters. <laughs> According to legend, she is the creator of elocution wizardry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, she was just an early podcaster, a vessel caster. And, a um, sphere slinger. She's sort of a sphere slinger when you think about it. Um, but her vessels are literally vessels because she is a sailor and she has a whole fleet vessel casting ships. Okay. So this is kind of based off of the real world phenomenon of pirate radio. So like this is like thousands of years in the past. This is a it's a human human woman. Um, I'm basing her off of Elizabeth Swan from okay. Pirates of the Caribbean uh, is sort of the visual inspiration. And she had a whole network of ships and Really, she was probably just doing it as kind of running, running a bit, sort of trying to start an early communications business, trying to make some money, just kind of hustling and kind of just being outside the norm. But the legend has become that she was running a spy network and maybe she was, you know, passing along secret messages and that kind of thing through her network. But um, she's become this like mythological figure, right? In real life, she was she was running pirate radio stations, that kind of thing. But because she had so many like followers and so many um, of these different towers, um, she was seen as sort of this mythological figure. She wasn't super well known outside of the network. Um, and part of what I'm playing up here is that she built a lot of these not towers. So um, I actually looked up what some of these pirate radio stations looked like, and it basically just looks like someone built a platform out in the ocean. Um, with like legs that I assume are built down into the to the stone below. But I'm picturing for her like just picture like a big flat boat with an antenna on it, right? Where they're casting the magic or whatever. Okay. But a lot of these were where the storm wall is now. So she was doing this back before the storm wall. And when the storm walls went up, most of her stuff was destroyed. Okay. The only remaining like broadcast um that she has is within the cavity we're talking about the cavity of lazuli right so um that's that's sort of why my character will care about it um i've been looking for an excuse to bring in my i've been saving a list of my spotify daylist descriptions (laughs) and i've been trying to find an opportunity to use them and here's where i'm going to use them so my character, or the, this legendary figure, Scratch Chaotic, that is one of the playlists that was generated for me by Spotify's Daylist. I don't know what Scratch music is. I'd, I'd have no idea. But I, I have another list, and I want to just, I need to get it off my chest. I need to read this list. <laughs> uh, but what, you, what I want you to imagine is, as I say each of these, they're basically genres. They're sort of Spotify's hyper-specific genres. Okay. As I say each one, I want you to picture... The, the pirate radio broadcaster who has this name. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? I'm, I'm buckled in. Ready to go. Okay. Here we and go. the listeners, you should be doing this as well, right? Close your eyes this unless you're a, driving. This is a visual aid. Just imagine. Practice. Yeah. Like, exactly. Almost like a meditation. Should I read it in like a very calm tone? Yeah. yeah. Do your best <laughs> ASMR impression. If you don't want to listen to this, just skip ahead a little bit. Get your, get your lips okay. right up on that mic. Scratch chaotic. Catchy jukebox. Light academia. Twee sleaze. 
Tweesley's was also the name, almost the name I went with. Uh, Argentine Rock Alto. Fearful Goblin Core. Upbeat Scratch. Indie Chill Dreamy. Circus Trio. Venting Trio. Summer Camp Surf Music. Lonely Quartet. Alternative Country Foxtrot. Party Rock Rocking On. Summer Camp Indie Electro. That was all one name. And Angst Malgoth. <laughs> Angst Malgoth is a, that's is a, a powerful <laughs> villain name. That's, that's a, a better name for Colin Cumberbunch. Yeah, he should be Angst Malgoth somehow. I, I, uh, I legit kept my eyes closed for that entire time, and I did, I did manage to visualize someone for every single one of those things. Some colorful had. characters, right? The only thing I regret is that we didn't like drop some acid before we did that. <laughs> that would have been um, wild. Lon- Lonely Quartet was my favorite because I can just imagine one guy yeah. uh, recording all <laughs> four. Lonely Quartet. <laughs> Name Lonely Quartet, and he's recording all four instruments on his own because he can't find other oh. musical friends. Hey, that's I Sad. think that's my genre. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's called bedroom pop. Bedroom. I think you're right. Well, I actually I have uh, my I have a two bedroom apartment now with a dedicated room that I refer to as the studio. So nice. Well, it is more, more like, and I do play piano, guitar, drums, and bass in here. So it is kind lonely of lonely quartet. quartet. Yeah, that's your new band name. name. And no one your ever solo plays band. anything with me. Yep. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's my sort of mythology of nice. these. Oh, and they're called the Warblers. That's their name. Because I googled <laughs> what is the bird with the bird with the song that reaches the farthest, and it's the Warbler. Also, they were known as the Warblers. They're a very I, common I, bird here in Minnesota. From what I understand. Oh, nice. I want to point out that I I really like the concept that in the world of Shivalo, there is no place called Argentina, and there are no people <laughs> who are Argentines. Argentine is just the name of someone. It yeah. just has to mean, so, yeah, it just has to be a name. Yeah. Hi, I'm Argentine Rock Alto. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I Genasi. assume most of these genres don't exist either. That's true. What is surf music? I don't think they have surfing. <laughs> yeah, this Unless is, we this is a, gr- a great pirate crew, I would say. Yeah. Love it. Um, I have a question for both your figures. Are they, in this world, are they real? Mine is real, but sort of hyped up even more one thing i didn't mention about the tower in the cavity we're going for it was rumored that it could communicate with all sides of the planet plus all of the moons okay the reality is probably more like it reaches a couple neighboring sides of the planet okay so like that's that's kind of the the scale of yeah she was real like definitely real scratch chaotic but probably not like the spy you know the super spy and all that kind of thing that that other legends got attributed right, to right kind of the robin hood effect real person exactly over dramatized cool i love that yeah. aspect uh jake what about yours um my answer is not going to be so direct i'm going to answer your question with a question and that's simply, i knew this was going to be your answer <laughs> have you any faith yeah i i I knew, I knew you were going to respond in this way i shouldn't have asked i apologize um so I'm trying to remember if we have established anything Man about how the real? moons were created. Is the Moon Man real? You're asking. Well, <laughs> that's something that you have to search deep in your soul to discover. If we're talking about real Moon Man, I think the MTV Music Award is the real Moon Man. Wait, that's what it's called. You win a little astronaut. Oh, is that you win the MTV Music oh, Award? Is that you true? get a little astronaut, and it's called the Moon Man? I didn't know that. Wow, I was not a yeah. child of the '90s. Well, apparently, the Moon Man is not that. So, I'm pretty sure the MTV Music Award still exists. I'm pretty sure they do. Just who watches them? My question. Yeah, I don't know. The um, VMAs is what they call them. Uh, and yeah, and the the oh, trophy okay. instead of like VMAs, an Oscar yeah. guy is a little uh, astronaut with a MTV flag. Okay. Well, maybe MTV is the acronym for the cult, and you can come up with what that stands <laughs> for. The well, it is a children of the moon. So the moon, children no, of the moon. They're, chi- they're not children of the moon. They are children of Moon Man. Children of the Moon Man. Children of the Moon okay. Man, or on the streets. The funky, funky kids like to refer to themselves as the moon kids. Yeah, the moon kids. Some people might refer to them as the moon toddlers varied. And so they <laughs> call totally them natural the thing to say. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. you're like into religious persecution, sure. Right. Uh, moon toddlers, comma, varied. <laughs> and there's a, uh, a segment of the group volatile. fighting for religious rights. And that is actually now classified as a hate crime. When they wow. were the moon terrorist viewers, <laughs> they just view it when they were persecuted and considered a dangerous cult. They were marked on the briefing reports as moon toddlers, colon, 
uh, violent. And so everyone just referred to them uh, as the MTVs as like a they're mocking the establishment and thinking that they were so the official dangerous. documents of, about them are mocking them. They also. Yes. Yeah. And they also don't appreciate being referred to as a cult. Um, they prefer movement. That was your own words. They, keep in mind. Right. I'm saying they don't appreciate being referred to as a cult. Um, sure. And they don't even appreciate. They're, they're more of a moon, movement. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Because I was going to say they refer to themselves as, a, as they, they also don't like being called a religion. They re refer to themselves as a movement, but they they're actually re refer to themselves as a movement because movement they is a have, real stretch because they have a very uh, specific like goal in mind, right? Which is to usher in the return of the moonman by spreading his right. jams far and wide. Well, cool. I'm going to introduce right. my myth. Let me tell you the story of the giving tree. Um, by a totally unique story by Houston Bodily. <laughs> on the southeast end, Scarlet Spires. There's one spire, golden and majestic. Wait, what is that? What were those words you said? East? Uh, the is down south right? right. The down right. Down right. <laughs> the down right Scarlet Spires. In the pre-ages, before they came up with words like up and down, they called it the southeast. But for a modern translation. <laughs> Only in legends. <laughs> on, in, the, in the down right of the Scarlet Spires, there's one spire that is taller and more majestic than all the other spires. It was called the Golden Spire, and nobody could climb it. It was, it was too slippery. It, it was seen as a sign of faith of how how devoted you were to an ideal of uh, religion and the moon gods, maybe the moon man. Maybe that was one of the gods that people were trying to prove their worth to. But people would try to climb this and they couldn't. And there was there was one turtle. His name was Shell Silverstein. And <laughs> everyone laughed because he's he's so big. He's so large and clunky. He could never climb this spire, but he did. He climbed it all the way and at the top was a single oak tree and it turned to him and with a grandmother willow face it goes my child i am here to give you a blessing you don't even you won't even realize at first how great this blessing is but it is a way in which you and your your fellow mortals can work with each other to establish a community give me an offering and so he presents the pickaxes they used to climb the spire and put them at the base of the tree. And the tree's roots came up, grabbed the pickaxes and used transmutation magic to turn them into 200 gold coins. And this was the first time currency had been introduced into the world. Oh, okay. And, and uh, Shell Silverstein was like, what do I do with this? I cannot get down. And... Uh, the giving tree was like, that's okay. I will make a path. Only the faithful and those who are devoted or who are uh, willing to help establish this great community here in the Scarlet Spires may be able to ascend. Um, but if you really need it, she used her magic, turned them back into pickaxes. What was established here is a form of currency exchange. People could bring a, an item up to the giving tree present it, it would turn into a number of gold coins equal to the value of those items, and then they could take it with them, or they could bring gold coins, and it could turn into the the item it used to be, or an equivalent value. Okay. And this created bartering, or the trade system, in the Scarlet Spires. Interesting. Uh, so, I'm assuming this is not true. I assume this is like... Purely just like a story. Uh, this is a story. No, this is it's, just... It's hard to imagine that like one one person or you know, even, even a tree, a sentient tree, it's probably hard to trace the idea of currency or bartering back to a single source. Right. No, there is a, there is a majestic tree on top of the spire, but beneath it, a ways down, is the first bank of Scarlet Spires. And this was a myth okay. that the, the bank owners used to basically endorse capitalism into this region. Sure. Uh, currency in this world, or at least in this region, are called shells after Shell Silverstein. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, Shell Silverstein was not, uh, he was a real person, but the, the true, uh, the owner of the bank who first created this myth 
he just he just felt like there needed to be a common man figure to really bring to life this story. So yeah, he's sort of the John Henry or the yeah. So Shel Silverstein was just kind of like the John Doe of portal names. Um, yeah. So he just used that uh, basically. Um, so yeah, Shel Silverstein is not a real person, oh. but this is what established capitalism as this big heartbeat of this this city wealth all that basically prosperity is one of the the city mottos here uh yeah and they and so you know you know what a good motto for the bank would be what's that because of the the, they have this story that is meant to motivate people right and they're in the spire that is in the downright they're downright inspirational ah that's great (laughs) that's across the doors of this bank yeah downright inspirational (laughs) um because they're in the downright spire (laughs) Exactly. Downright. Add, that's what I was thinking about the whole time you were telling the story. Can I add two notes? I was just waiting to say that. Uh, I, have, I have two notes I want to add. I, the bank, the currency that they use, uh, they refer to it as, uh, like, in general terms, when they're talk, talking about currency, they refer to it as money instead of money. No, it's shells. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe. No, that's, like saying, that's like saying, no, it's not money, it's dollars. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just another term, like, some people use. The moon, the moon, the moon kids refer to it as Mooney. Um, like, hey, I'm all out of Mooney. Could you spare me? <laughs> Give me some Mooney. <laughs> Give me some Mooney. <laughs> Give me your shells. Give me some Mooney. <laughs> I'm all out of shells, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm all out. I'm all out of shells, man. Give me some Mooney. <laughs> I gotta buy the new, the new discography. Anyway, um, <laughs> and this. Oh, my second point was um, that my uh, former and. Uh, God rest his soul, character Jed Amright. Uh, he actually has some distant relatives in that region. Um, uh, one of them is named Jed Downright. <laughs> <laughs> Even though geographically this area is upright. Right, but it's the downright spire of the upright right. uh, republic, uh, exactly. upright uh, world. The, the, Jed, the Jed Upright family, we don't talk to them. Kind of weird. We are connected by first names, though. Yeah, not last names. That's how. That's how. That's how. Jed was his family name. Apparently, Jed was his surname. I never told you guys that. Yeah, he always went by his surname. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, anyways, uh, first bank here in Scarlet Spires. It's called the Giving Bank. Uh, kind of ironic. Uh, it's definitely in a late stage capitalism, or uh, it's getting there. Like it's yeah. a real bad situation because of it. Uh, bank managers have basically an unchecked control over a lot of the establishments in the Scarlet Spires. The, the highest bank managers are called the givers. Also very ironic because they only take, but people call them the givers. Uh, some <laughs> would argue give loans, right? They might give you loans, but usually they just take, uh, some might say they're the only ones who can see color, but <laughs> but then people remember that they can actually see color too. So you want to know um, something, Houston? No. I was about to make a reference to this because I literally have a copy of the giver sitting next to my mouse on my computer desk right now. <laughs> wow, that's amazing! It's almost like I planned this. Yep. Um, I was going to no, say I that do the not chief creep giver on your apartment. is Lois Lowry, or <laughs> well, Shel Silverstein is the the author and illustrator of the giving tree. So it wouldn't be the first time an author was introduced into this. There episode. we go. Perfect. Um, um, but yeah, so that is the, I have the community question. I created is the bank, the high ranking bank managers called the givers stemming from the giving. Tree. What is the scope of these stories? I want to kind of establish before we get into our characters. Like I, I think of scratch chaotic as being a uniquely um, Rexian story, just, th- just in the Republic. Okay, yeah. No, I think my uh, story is very limited to the scope of the Scarlet Spires. Um, okay. A lot of people don't even want to believe it because a lot of people are fed up with the the big money yeah. control that is over this. But it was definitely kind of the patriotic ideal for a while was these yeah. stories that led into this idea that wealth is uh, righteousness in a sense. Yeah. Um, with mine, I would say like it's it's it it started as kind of kind of like a grassroots movement, right? Moon movement, and uh, so it's pretty localized to Scarlet Spires, but it is expanding and growing. And there are now believers in other regions as well, and they have like started um, 
like like I said, they don't have like necessarily an organizational structure that's like organizing this, but some people have decided to travel to other continents to play the sacred jams. Um, and they refer to themselves as moonshinaries. <laughs> <laughs> of course they are. Okay. Of all the times that we've shoehorned moon references into this podcast, this is like the place where it actually kind of makes sense, you know? Yeah, because yeah. they are obsessed with Moon Man, so they they, they take yeah. any opportunity they can. I, I I apologize. I couldn't say the word moonshinary without laughing. <laughs> Would you call their priests or their leaders the moonshiners? Mm. Well, that's fine. Mm. Have we called something moonshine already? Moonshine is the alcoholic beverage that I like to drink. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> when they're listening to just, the sacred just, jam, just as straightforward as that. Yeah. It's okay. That's what cool. they. Yeah. That's what they. Uh, they uh, use for their sacrament. <laughs> okay, that, nice. that works. Um, okay, so let's get into the prompt. So the prompt was: uh, there is a sacred temple in the downright section of Scarlet Spires. It's in a cavern that is called the Cavity of Lazuli. So uh, it's the, there's the Temple of Lazuli just completely created, ironically in Sapphire, of all things. Um, <laughs> not, not Lapis. Not Lapis Lazuli, no. But they did get confused, mixed them up. They called it the Cavity of Lazuli. Uh, completely made of Sapphire. But the, it's a very magical property. And we'll be able to decide what that means to us. But how this prompt is going to go down is each of us is a character that stems from one of these factions we created from our mythological characters. Um, and what we need to decide is why are they at odds? So in the in light of Colin Cumberbunch taking control of the military and starting his Scorched Earth policy, uh, this temple was regarded as very sacred. No one but... The, the devout Lazulites could enter it, but he's taken all the guards from there to use for his own purpose. So now it's open. So now people are clamoring to get in and figure out like what is actually here? What can we use? Uh, some people might have the intentions of using it to protect people during the chaos of this military state that's going on. Some people might use it to take advantage of the chaos that's going on. So your character with your faction needs to decide what is it here at the Temple of Lazuli or in the cavern itself that they're going to use and why they want to take control of it. And then much like last episode, we're going to have competing roles to see who gets to use it and what comes of it from this. And then overall, our average will, will tell us like how well we do against Colin, right? Yeah. But then the highest role gets the temple, basically. Yeah. Love it. I, I, I would say this. You can have... Uh, nefarious purposes for what you are using it for, but the ultimate success is that you are uh, combating Colin in some way. Cool. Um, okay, sweet. So should we start with Jake again, since that's the order we introduced sure. our yeah. folklore? I would love to. So, my character's name is uh, Lorraine Bremont. Um, and okay, he's actually it. a man. And uh, he always kind of resented the fact that his parents named him Lorraine. So he goes by Joey. He just kind of picked that name for himself. Um, okay. He is a high elf, a bard. Um, and he, has, he is from, uh, like, a small town. Like, he's actually, well, he's actually, like, from, like, a small island that people always, like, forget to even put on the map. Um, but he heard about... Um, the movement from the moonshinaries and he started listening to the sacred jams he learned to play the guitar him and his friend kent uh who's not my character but he's just kind of a side character um and right. they decided to move to the big city Edgeburg, kenzie exactly exactly and <laughs> i'm glad that you're following brian this is going to be yeah. this is this is all going to come together um and, and waiting uh, for the moon the moon pun that goes into this band name <laughs> okay so they uh, decided to um, move to the big city, right, of Scarlet Spires um, to start playing the sacred tunes. And uh, also, when people, uh, like, ask him where he's from, he doesn't necessarily, like, uh, he doesn't 
tell them because no one ever knows where that is anyway. And so he just says, I am from Moondust, and to Moondust shall I return. And Such a specific reference. And people, people, you know, understand immediately that he is a moon kid. Uh, and so his highest stat is charisma. His lowest stat is strength. Uh, he's not exactly, you know, fit. Uh, he, like I said, he's male, 38 years old. Um, and essentially, so what involvement he has going on here is quite something because he and his friend Kent uh, were like busking on the streets of um, the Scarlet Spires and uh, they were playing one of the sacred tunes when all of a sudden all sound just ceased and like their lutes that they were jamming their funky funky tunes on just like stopped working and their voices like they were speaking but nobody could hear anything and a, and a silence just fell on the entire like street corner and there were like many witnesses around that saw this happen right and then all of a sudden a pillar of moonlight above the brightness of the moon descends upon joey brennan right and Ooh. all of a sudden they hear a voice and the voice hold on let me uh pull up the sacred text here <laughs> The sacred text reads that he heard a voice singing from the heavens and with like some funky guitar behind it. And it went, <clears throat> I'm the moon man waiting in the sky. I'd like to come and meet you, but I think I'd blow your minds. I'm the moon man waiting in the sky. I'm giving you a duty at the cavern of Lazulia. Let the children use it. Let the children lose it. Let all the children boogie. <laughs> nice. And everyone was just like flabbergasted. And then like a, a, a piece of paper floated down and landed in his open loot case. And uh, he pulled it out and he looked at it. And Kent turned to him and said, what is it? And then he goes, it's a character sheet. And then Kent goes, that's pretty meta, Joey. And on the character sheet, it read Joey Bremen, but crossed out. And next to it, in like golden lettering, it read Riggy Moondust. And then it crossed out Bard, <laughs> and it wrote Holy Bard slash Paladin. Nice. And then under his stat for charisma, it also said Grooviness. <laughs> so he has been made aware that he has essentially been called as a prophet of the moon kids and he has spent like time in meditation listening to the sacred jams searching for more answers and he has come to know through uh more revelations that the reason uh he's been given this duty at the cavern of lazuli um to let all the children boogie is because the cavern <laughs> has like really great acoustics and nice. so That's if they it. hold like a really solid concert there where they all join together, like all of the, the moon kids, the children of moon man, um, and they play this show, it will be so beautiful that people from all around will come and they will listen to the sacred texts and this will prepare them for the arrival of moon man and usher in his uh, welcoming. So that will result in the resolution of all of the like uh, unrest and different things that have been happening. So last detail in terms of like his physical appearance, um, you could kind of picture him. I'm going to drop a, an image here in the general chat and then I'll describe it for the listeners. He kind of looks like Jermaine Clement dressed as David Bowie dressed as Ziggy Stardust from the 1972 David Bowie tour. <laughs> That's Ziggy Stardust. reference. And that's my character, uh, Riggy Moondust. Nice. Wow. What a Classic. journey. What uh, a journey. That was a ballad in of itself. Oh, wait. I forgot one detail. I should have known. Um, Kent, Kent like, was kind of sad that he was left out. And so w after this revelation on the street corner, he looked up into the heavens and he said, but what about me, moon man? And then he heard a voice and it said, get an eye patch, Kent. Get a funky, <laughs> funky eye patch. And that was it. And now, oh, he, now he wears an eye patch. Perfect. And he's also here. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
Wait, he is a moon kid, right? He's not the chosen moon kid. But right. He's a moon, a moon they're kid. both moon. Yeah, they're both moon kids. They yeah, converted yeah. on their home island before moving to the big city of Scarlet Spires to play their to play their tunes. Would you say that the moon children, once they have this funky, funky boogie uh, concert and they ascend to the moon, would you call that flight of the moon courts? <laughs> uh, actually, that is exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I was debating between flight of the moon courts or flight of the moon lords. But they feel like oh, Lords is like a little too, you know, like it's a little too stiff and uncool. Critical, and they yeah. don't want it to like sound like they're actually like Lords within their movement. So they're just Flight of the Moon Chords. Got it. Nice. Well, great. Okay, sweet. Let's jump over to Brian. All righty. Uh, my character is named Barbara Rappaport. Um, everyone calls her Babs, but she wishes they Wait, wouldn't. Is her name Barbara? Uh, I think it was Barbara. No, it was what? Barbara. No, I think it was Barbara. Sorry, other Flight of the Concords reference. Oh, <laughs> you seen that episode where they meet a woman named Barbara, and then they have a debate whether she said her name was Barbara or Barbara, and it turns turns into a whole thing. Go watch Flight of the Concords. Uh, no. Sorry, I'll stop talking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, her name is Barbara. Um, Barbara Rappaport. Everyone calls her Babs, but she hates that. She wants to be called Scratch after Scratch Chaotic. Because uh, Scratch Chaotic is her hero. Uh, and she wants to be just like her. Um, Scratch, this Scratch. I'll just refer to her as Scratch. Um, and you'll know I'm not talking about Scratch Chaotic because she's dead. Um, Scratch is a... She's a half-elf. Uh, but we decided that if you're a half-elf, the other half can be whatever you want. So she's half high-elf and half wood-elf. Wow. So she's she's also just an elf, but she's a half elf elf. Do you think locally they call them tree toppers? I would elves. Oh, that's fun because they're high and wood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like it a lot. So she's a tree topper elf. Um, she is an elocution wizard. So she has been studying the ways of uh, vessel casting and she wants to be just like Scratch Chaotic. But for now, she is a switchboard operator. Um, she... You know, she's she's moving sending stones around and pretty boring job, right? She's been doing it for, for quite a long time. But on the side, she has organized a group called the New Warblers. Um, and they their their whole goal is to try and continue the work that the original warblers were doing. And and a lot of that has to do with the uh the Lazuli cave. And so um Basically, the rumor is, and they've they've been studying up on this for years, is that there is this really strong broadcast tower. So they want to get in there, and their goal is you can just get the whole world to communicate. Right, problems in the world can be solved by if we get, we're just able to communicate. You know, like back when the internet was created, we were like, yeah, this will solve all the problems. Right. Um, so they're like, we we need to at least be able to warn the uh, people in the lower islands, right? The, the Ottenham depths, for example, that's, has it been burnt down or is that like still pending? I don't know if we established that. Like, did that just happen because we rolled the way we did or did we like set that in motion and now we're trying to stop it? I would say it's pending. Um, okay. I think it that's will happen at least to some degree, but yeah, obviously try and stop whatever we can from happening. Yeah. So what I, what I'm picturing the warblers, their main focus is we need to warn them, right? Like, Things are already looking really bad in Scarlet Spires, um, and we want to, you know, limit the damage by warning people about the the evil deeds of Colin Cumberbatch. Maybe they're the ones who coined the term the encumbrance. Real quick, you, it's Colin Cumberbunch, not Cumberbatch. What did I say, Cumberbatch? Yeah. Although yeah, he so is a, that... a dragonborn, and much like Benedict Cumberbatch, who <laughs> played Smaug, he's not a Cumberbatch. They are, yes, they are an offshoot of the Cumberbunch family. Fair. Uh, so Colin Cumberbunch, um, her goal, they they start sort of a propaganda campaign. They've been doing it sort of on the side, like they they know about the about vessel casting and they've been trying to communicate to people. But if they had access to this tower, they could tell the whole face, or maybe even neighboring faces, or maybe even all of the moons. Because she, you know, at this point they don't know that it's not quite as powerful as the legends say. Uh, but they're like, we just need to warn everyone about this guy. So that's that's their main main objective. Nice, cool. Um. I will keep mine short as well. Uh, just keep things going. Um, my character, their name is Lucarius Stallworth. Um, Ooh, yeah. Good name. So they Fancy. are they are a giver at the Giving Bank. Um, they they were just 
your regular middle class person just trying to make a name for themselves didn't want to be in the spotlight but once they got a taste of it they couldn't stop they just needed more and more wealth because it really it awoken something in them that they were special um lucarius stallworth is a tabaxi and on his id his meta character sheet id he is a thief rogue but he pretends to tell p or he tells people and pretends to be a glamour bard um okay he kind of worked his way up he 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 started at the lowest bank and just tried to live an honest lifestyle like yeah i'm just gonna lend loans to the farmers and the small business owners yeah and really just like try to give them low interest rates really help them out um but his manager's like now now this is about big money you gotta convince people to build up these bad stock options and then you reap the rewards and this guy may have been uh characterized as matthew mcconaughey uh and did a whole bunch of just like pep talks that got this lucarius uh Lu- lucarius stallworth sorry but that's not a struggle to say matthew mcconaughey and what's up totally correct different. Different. Correct. This is your second Matthew McConaughey kicker. I was picturing George Banks from Mary Poppins for some reason. You know. <laughs> no, this is definitely a Wolf of Wall Street kind of situation. Um, because the although he's a tabaxi, the, the famous actor that will be portraying Lucario Stallworth in the film ad- adaptation is Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh. Um, so yeah, he he started making his way up the spire one level at a time, just coming up with new financial schemes, putting his thief rogue skills to test, but on a big business macro level, all this. And he became one of the prime givers is what they called him um, or what they're referred to. So now there was a part of him that was like, I should do something for the people. And by the people, I am a person, the people. So I should benefit from it. But okay. if I can get something that creates a lot of wealth opportunities for Scarlet Spires, it'll it'll trickle down from atop the spire to the other people uh, and and classic. really <laughs> help out the community through this hardship of the, the encumbrance. Uh, and so he learned and by he learned, I mean, one of his interns uh, referred him to some some studies that showed that although the cavity of lazuli is mostly filled with sapphires, there are some lazuli gemstones in there and they're magical. And they have a property where if you can uh, uh, mine them and then build them into like some sort of encasement. So like a vase or a jar or just something that you can completely cover something in or start to put something in, it will have the ability to turn it into water and store it in this encasement. Um, so it, how this plays out, uh, and he got the idea of, you know, trickle-down economics, get this water. What if we found a way to literally liquefy assets and then be able to use that to cost, make it easier to ship out supplies? And by making it easier, I mean... The, the drugs we're smuggling in from Dark City, we're going to make it so that people cannot find these drugs. We're going to get them to the people. It's going to boost the economy. Everyone's buying these drugs. Um, but, you know, other business owners can use it for their own beneficial transportation needs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so literally, if you got a whole uh, set of, I don't know, you got like 20 chests worth of food supplies, you can just start to like put it on the edge of one of these lazuli vases and it'll just start turning into water and then it'll all fit into it. It does have kind of a bag of holding sense where it can expand indefinitely. Okay. And then when you take it, you can pour it out and just give it about an hour and then it'll expand. Um, Into its original form. You're saying into its original form. Got it. Cool. So yeah, it's liquidation stones can refer to them as but he wants to mine that liquid assets he wants to uh mine those most of them are found on the structure of the temple itself and so he really just wants to hold it down he doesn't want to he doesn't want people to know that they are here 
uh, just so he can kind of monopolize that mine. But yeah, that's his whole plan. Okay, sweet. Um, so yeah, we should go ahead and make our rolls. And what we are determining here is who gets to control the temple in some form or another. Um, I will remind people, all my characters this season are moon-touched, which oh, yeah. I, I feel like a lot of I children of the moon men. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the children of the moon men, the moon man are probably moon-touched. But the idea is that I will also be yes, doing a wild magic sorcerer role. Uh, and whatever I roll on that has to play into the results of my dice roll to resolve the issue at hand. So, yeah, I think we'll go in order. So, Jake, you have the first approach. And then depending on okay. whether Ryan and I or I beat your rolls, we'll determine whether we unseat you from the temple. Ah, so okay. That's a fun way to do it. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I was like wondering how we're gonna do it. So, all right. So, um, I would say that uh, word gets around of this prophecy that's been given. Um, people start actually like traveling to Scarlet Spires from far and wide. Um, any any people who are followers of Moon Man, children of Moon Man, um, because they're very excited about this, right? And they like pick a day, and they say, "All right, Friday night at the Cavern of Lazuli, we're gonna put on." the funkiest, funkiest, groovy show you've ever seen. And um, that's what they start preparing to do. So they get there, they find their way into the cavern, and uh, uh, Riggy, Riggy Moondust, he just like starts playing out some funky tunes on his lute, and the acoustics are indeed off the hook. Um, and so they build a stage, they gather all the people there, and... There's some like hiccups, um, you know, some people like can't get in. Some people start like scalping fake tickets, even though it was supposed to be a free event. <laughs> um, and so there's like some bumps here and there. But overall, they are there and the children are boogieing. Nice. The children are boogieing. That's the goal. <laughs> and that's that was the goal. So they're just kind of trying to, you know, keep up in the volume and keep up in the boogie. Um, and they all are just filled with faith that any moment now, um, the moon man shall descend. Okay. Nice. What was your role? 14. 14. Oh, nice. Ooh. Okay. So not, not amazing, but not bad. But, but pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right, Brian, okay. you're up next. Cool. So, um, Scratch is going to, she's going to bring in, you know, a group of these, these new warblers, they're going to come in. They're actually going to use the concert as sort of their cover to get in, right? They've sort of prepped the way a lot, but they need to go up like to the top, right? I'm picturing in this cave that like it's part of some stone that has a spire, right? We're still in this sort of spirey region. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where sort of the broad, where the broadcast is going out, right? Sort of an, a large antenna, uh, even though it's magic, right? We still want, I don't know. I still feel like you'd benefit from being up higher. Um. So they're going to work their way up to the top and they think, ah, this is perfect. We'll use uh, the Moon Man music, the, the sacred jams as a test. Like, we don't want to start with anything too suspicious, right? We don't want to start off like, hey, everyone, Colin Cumberbunch is doing bad stuff, right? Like, that would, that would give them away too early. So the main focus is like, we're just going to broadcast the music, right? And just like, get it out there. And that will be give us a really good idea of does this work, right? So as they do, they're they they're able to get all of the sort of equipment and tap into the like mystical energy or whatever makes it work. They all they understand. I don't understand it. I'm I'm not a warbler, but they they get all <laughs> in there and they're you know using magical wires and they're using their their switchboard skills. Um, they're basically so like they've kind of like almost teamed up with the moon kids in a way like yeah. they, they have their own intents and their own purposes but it suits them to kind of team up with the moon kids and work as their like audio crew exactly this is true but you will eventually have to turn on each other because only one person gets the temple well so what is going think, to happen i think we're getting there is they are going to recognize the signals not not as strong as they hoped um you know maybe with a with years of work they could restore it to the the level of the legends but for now it's actually only able to broadcast to like the like to dexpra just the current 
current region we're in, Scarlet Spires and the surrounding Scarlet areas. Um, so it's not as powerful as they'd hope. It's not going to fully serve the purpose they were hoping. So they think, you know, we're just going to support the Moon Kids. And I think they're converted. I think they join. Yes. Um, <laughs> and they're like, they're like the most square, like they're all like middle-aged, like office workers. They're all switchboard operators, but they're like, Hey, you know, music is just like information and we need to get it out there. And it, it seems like it's really important to these people. So I rolled an 11. So we did pretty well, but not as good. So, so I think that's the, the way we resolve that. I think and they just I, kind of, they I were really going to support like... sending the music out. Yeah, and I really like that even though it began sort of as a competition, once they realized, like, these seem like, these seem like really good people. You know what I mean? Because once yeah. they realized that they weren't going to be able to use it for their purpose, they converted, and now they are moon kids, and one of them goes up to, uh, to Riggy Moondust uh, in between tunes and says, Riggy, I don't know why I'm talking like this, but is it possible for a middle-aged man to be a moon kid? And then he says, all men, women, and children are children of Moon Man. And then they hug, and then they keep jamming. Nice. Okay. And they, um, and they also, also hand like... out sequence space suits to wear. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, I like the idea, too, that they're like, well, I don't know if we can stop Colin Cumberbunch, but I know we can help people just be happier, you know? Spread right. this. Like, I presume didn't have that much experience with music. And they're like, music is cool. We're going to spread. We're going to spread. They're this. like, yeah, like, let the children boogie. Let the children boogie. Far and wide. Far and wide. But not as far and wide as we expected. Right. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. so okay. So, so was, far, so far we're succeeding. I was really hoping, Brian, that you had a higher roll than 14. Because here's the thing, Jake, we're going to have to have a roll off because I too got a oh, 14. No. Um, oh, man. So, so here's what I will say. <laughs> because for our quest <laughs> resolution, um, I think we take We're successful, of, right? That means we stopped yeah. Colin. Or, well, well, we might not stop him, but we put a halt we're gonna on get his the caves. Yeah. yeah. We're getting the cave, and I was gonna we say, are alerting people to the dangers or convincing people not to uh, get on board with Colin's plan kind of thing. And, and I was whatever just going like, if, if the end result is that it's an overall success and the Moon Kids have taken control of the cave, success would look like some, some serious stuff goes down in a sort of astronomical event oh that's true <laughs> <laughs> maybe right we don't know that that's all you know that yeah, they have I the full understanding of, of what depends the... on the roll-off yeah 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 okay. and i roll and, and i don't think uh we, we can tell this later i don't think Kong cumberbunch has stopped yet just to reaffirm no, that no he's just not uh, gonna it, get a hold of this particular resource this resource right, so. or uh his hold over the city is not as strong as he might have hoped yeah. for Got so, it, cool. Jake, I will have you roll first, and then I will play out my events based on whether my roll okay. beats yours or not. All right, roll we'll off to, to determine the existence of God. <laughs> <laughs> well, he may still exist, just he might not. His his children might not win today. Okay, I rolled a six. Oh, okay, this will be interesting. Um, <laughs> okay, so originally, um, Lucarius Stallworth. Sorry, so. Lucarius Stallworth. He shows up. And at first, he's a little smitten. Uh, Boogie is just right. He's like most baby boomers. He just loves that good old 70s funky rock. Um, Even though nobody really knows what he's talking about when he says that. Right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he's just he's just really digging it. He's like, you know, maybe we can maybe we can convince people here to work with us. Like, we will. We will, uh, I don't know. I don't know how these align. Like, you know, y you can use this concert hall. Just just play loud enough that it plays over our mining. So we can just kind of go about it secretively. Oh. And he's coming on stage to talk about this with uh, Riggy Moondust. Um, and he's just like, you know, this will be a prosperous adventure for everyone. Uh, and... As he's doing this, he's just like giving this really good pep talk. He's like beating himself on the chest of like, I, I think your your moon man would love this. We use the resources to help bring people in. We're going to bring in supplies. We're going to bring in food. All of this. As he's doing this, his wild magic surge 
uh, <laughs> it, it hits a 58 on the 100 chart, which means okay. for the next minute, any flammable object you touch isn't being worn or carried by another creature bursts into flame. So as he's doing this, his suit jacket catches fire. Uh, it's really just, weird that language specifies other characters, but not yourself. But yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he, he throws off his jacket <laughs> really quickly, but he just incinerates very quickly. And there's a whole bunch of gold shells on the inside. And people are Ooh. suspicious of like, why is he carrying all this gold on him? And then a, a few people just like reach into their pockets. And little did they know, his little giver minions were pickpocketing everyone the whole time. Just ah. like, you know, they're distracted by the music. So, of mm. course, they're not on board with this. Like, yes, money is just a means to get closer to the moon man, but not, it does not make the person. Like, you need money for sustenance, but... It is difficult for a rich, rich man to ascend to the moon. It is true. <laughs> like, like, it would be difficult for a, a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. It's it's very different from our world in where it, more money does help you get to the moon easier. Yes, exactly. Elon Musk it's can opposite. literally pay for a rocket to be built to go to the moon, <laughs> but that is not the case here. Uh, so they immediately throw him out, and he is flustered. He is angry. He doesn't uh, he doesn't mess up that often, if ever. So he just you know he wages war. This is my this is my temple. Keep their music whatever they want, but I will be back. And what that's the roll? thing. For like a week, music is just jamming. It's going strong. It's going so loud. Everyone's getting into it. They're kind of entranced, and they don't realize that Lucaria Stallworth came back with a bunch of builders and started refashioning the, the windows and the doors on the temple to block them off. And eventually oh. being cased the whole temple in the Lazuli and you know what that means? Everything becomes liquefied in the temple. <laughs> and so just everyone kill just off starts... my entire religion. <laughs> you just genocided my entire break. religion. <laughs> but. Oh, but you can pour us out the... and we'll go back. Yeah, the temple is still there. Okay. You still have a chance to return. But you know what this did do? It did bring a lot of drugs into the city and everyone was a lot cheerier. Everyone. And because of that, Colin's like, you know what? won't mess with the city they do their thing they seem distracted but eventually they get tired of drugs and they're just like you know what it's rebellion time let's start fighting colin um yeah. so indirectly as a ploy to gain money uh lucarius did kick off the revolution in scarlet spires to overthrow colin cumberbunch um okay i need some clarification here no we'll get to that later <laughs> wait what did you roll though oh i rolled a i, I rolled an 18 Oh, okay, but all right, that's what I got confused about because it sounded like we still kept the temple. We're just liquefied inside of it. <laughs> you kept the temple and you are liquefied inside of it. But then I'm using he got everything he was wanting. The rest got, of the okay, cavity okay, okay. to that makes sense. Uh, mine for resources. We tried to create a we tried to pacify the city unintentionally through drugs, but it just got people riled up. Uh, yeah, so we'll do that. Now there is a revolt. It is not a moon loving revolt. But it is an angry, vicious, we need to burn down this incinerator. And I would just like to throw in the comment that um, although they are, I think it's I think it's fair for me to just kind of make this declaration that although they may be in liquid form, Riggy Moondust is still alive. And so yeah. are all of the moon kids that were in the temple at the time. Um, they are now boogieing in liquid form. And so echoes of... Uh, their boogies can still be heard uh, if you get close enough and put your ear to the temple. And there were people, um, moon kids, who you know were running late, who couldn't find the right place. Um, and there are still believers on the outside who are also part of this revolution, not only to defeat um, uh, everything going on here, but to also free uh, Riggy Moondust from their funky, funky temple prison. <laughs> I like, I like uh, the I, idea. I that think. I think that second half works. I don't think you get to contradict the magic system that I created. They are not <laughs> boogieing, but they are immortal technically. Are you saying that water can't boogie? Yeah, yeah I'm, I don't. I don't know why water can't boogie. I, it can't hold a loot. That's for sure. Oh, well. Um, but, but the loot is also in the water. I what I'm picturing is that 
eventually, once Colin is sort of done with this, maybe once the war, once whatever is over, right? Then things are opened up again. Everyone goes, we go back to how we were. And I think we start a radio station. I, I think you're onto something. I think Here, the Warblers the and thing. the moon, moon Kids team up after, and they're just like, hey, we wanted to make an AM station, basically, right? Would be the equivalent. Like, we just wanted to make talk right. radio to spread the word. You guys are doing music, but we can help you spread the music. But we'll also spread the message, you know? Yeah. Oh, here's the thing. Like, I might be the villain the here. Phoenix. I might be the villain here. But really, I'm, I'm just helping the narrative. Think of how much of a more dramatic comeback it will be in the season finale if you choose to bring them that's back. True. That's very true. But that's up I to like you. This. We'll get there when we get there. I also, I mainly I wanted to add those notes uh, because the fact that they got turned to liquid inside of the cavern. Um, I don't want people to think that they're suffering. <laughs> yeah, they're still having a, oh, still having no. a good time. They're they're not suffering. They are just in liquid form. They are yeah. just uh, maybe they're the not water Maybe they're just is. sloshing around. Yeah, maybe a better word. They can slosh. Let the children um. slosh. <laughs> If anything, Jake, you brought this upon yourself that you kept bringing back dead characters in some form of another. Wait, and so it's just my job to keep killing that? off your characters. I've done that like twice. <laughs> You've killed a couple of my characters. I think we're even. We'll see. <laughs> anyway, I, I, right, I said so I wasn't going to be. I, I, yeah, I think this is a really good preseason arc. The finger. Yeah. Just all the dark things are happening. This is when the Empire Strikes Back. Um, exactly. Yeah, I I did say last episode I was going to stop being four three episode arcs is the darkest. Uh huh. Um, I did say last episode I was going to stop being the heel, but <laughs> no one but else plays the heel besides me. So once you start doing That's that fair. yourselves, maybe maybe I'll be a good person and work with you guys. It's fair, especially on on an on an episode where we have a contested role. You do kind of need some some conflict, right? Um, All right. So, yeah. Um, cool. Well, this is the end of the Scarlet Spires arc uh, for the season. So we will next uh, the next few episodes we will be focused on the underwater kingdom, whatever that looks like. We haven't really figured it out. Um, we'll figure out some of the details before we record those, probably. But mostly we'll be figuring it out as we go, like we always do. Um, and then we'll be doing some stuff on the moon after that, which will be fun. So uh, stay tuned, I guess. And that was up and by. <laughs>